Hi, and welcome to this, the first episode of Those Who Make. I'm your host, Paul Coyne. In the podcast, I visit creative people in their spaces and get a little insight into their stories. In this, the first episode, I visit Jill Graham, an amazingly talented jeweler from Northern Ireland. Okay, welcome to the first episode of the podcast. Uh, my guest today is Jill Graham. Um, Jill, welcome. Thanks very much, Paul. We kind of know each other a little bit from doing kind of trade fairs, uh, like showcase here in Ireland, and also um, you would do the Christmas fair in the RDS. Yeah. Um, those those two kind of fairs, we got to know each other um, just because we'd be let loose and it'd be the only time makers that work on their own get to have a chat and it's always good to kind of share a bit of kind of the stories behind um, our processes and that when we do fairs um, so I always find it quite good having chats with yourself and some of the other makers and especially when you're starting out it's it's really good to kind of get to know other people in the same industry um, some people would see it that we're competition but I never actually kind of felt that from having conversations with people yeah I don't think that's a, a thing with us like we're all kind of very sharing and friendly yeah. that way I don't think we I think there's enough do that yeah. there's enough business out there for everybody yeah. and everybody as long as everybody's work has a unique quality yeah. and a little bit of a genuineness to it yeah no one, yeah yeah copies and bills yeah up, but we're all a friendly bunch that's it and I, I've I've had people kind of call me up and ask me advice and vice versa I've done that as well and it's I think it's important as makers that we kind of yeah. share as much as we can because yeah I would get emails and stuff of people yeah. like you know even from yourselves or schools and different things coming and going, yeah oh, how do you do this or whatever yeah I have no problem as long as it doesn't get pushed too far yeah <laughs> I think I think that's it because like working for yourself there's nobody else to do anything. So when you're writing an email, that's time taken away from your bench or time taken away from from <laughs> your life past the bench as well. Like yeah. we all have lives and quite often the boundaries get pushed, <laughs> um, especially coming up to busy times like Christmas. Um, for jewelers, it's it's pretty busy. I know for other industries as well, but it seems extra busy. Yeah, um, it's a bit nuts now. Like it? we're into September now and- Christmas is here. Yeah, yeah you've Christmas already started. started. Yeah, Christmas starts in August. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's advertisements on the radio already for, for bits and pieces. So, you know, it, it kind of, once you hear those, it kind of starts getting scary. Yeah, but the scariest time I find is after Christmas, the downtime. <laughs> the tidy up time. Yeah. <laughs> Where you have to tidy just up that, like, kind of, what am I doing now? You know, you might get have showcase and stuff like that, but it's that kind of like once that will hype and run, you kind of suddenly yeah. go, oh, right now it's kind of you know quiet you do yeah yeah <laughs> and you don't have the, you, that's where I find it the loneliest especially in the workshop too like okay. because you've maybe had not had the time or you've and you've been at fairs or done stuff and you've been chatting to people and then suddenly you're just back on your own again for a few months so it's, yeah weather's it's a bit crap time. yeah you yeah. just stuck like in I always used to hate February February was mine everybody's like January blues and I was like no it's February yeah yeah I think with, with, with showcase being always in January kind of mid to late January you kind of have that to focus on and 
then once you finish that um, it's yeah. you know you, you get the orders out and things like that but it's stuff that you've designed you're not maybe yeah, designing too much like, even yeah. though you and the run up to Christmas you still would have been on your own in the workshop but I don't know you were, and, and there's always I don't know it's always a bit, a bit mad and hectic and you don't have time to think about yeah. things and, and it, it is something you've never actually had anybody work with you no. that much no no is it no. tough to hand over the control? Oh, we can't be that. <laughs> the control freak, do you not know that? Um, it's okay, so am I. I'd be the exact same. I don't know. There's times you go, oh, I'd love someone just to do that and yeah. make me have to file all of those things. But um, I don't know. There's the control, isn't there? The, are they going to do it right? And stuff. So I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe someday. Control. Control is one word. I, I think, like, you know. We, you could you could spin it in a marketing kind of sense that the 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 joy of the making process but really it's like when you're cleaning castings or when yeah, you're filing when you fight off every fingernail and fingertip yeah. that you have yeah 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 joy yeah. Yeah. um so at this stage now how long are you in business I'm in when did you start since two thousand and two off and on full time and part time since two thousand and two okay. yeah. So, no, we're not even going to count that. No, 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 there's no need to count that. But like that's in that time, your your work, you've you've got a unique look. You've got a you've got your own style and identity. I'd hope so. Yeah, hope. You definitely have at this stage, and it's easy. Like I'm walking down the street, and I can definitely recognise somebody wearing one of your pieces, Um, and it's. It's really nice when you get a style. How long do you think it took you to, to actually foster that? Or do you think you're still so, developing it? I think I'm still... De- I, I don't think I'll ever stop developing. I don't think that I'll ever, you know... Because I think from what I've started out to where I am now, it's changed an awful lot. And, I, you know, you don't know what it's going to be like in 20 years' time. Will it change again? Or, you know, mm. so I don't think... It'll ever change or stop developing now, and my style will change over the years. You just can't change style overnight and go, oh, let's go something. You know, it just develops onto something else. It develops, so, and in ten years' time, it looks completely different from where you started that way more. Yeah, and I suppose you have customers that are repeat customers. So if you changed overnight. I'm sure they'd be not like that. They might be a bit disappointed <laughs> um, because <laughs> they, you know, while yeah. while sometimes you're making similar pieces for a while, you you would like a, a little bit of a fresh go. You kind of you kind of have to keep. Yeah, you have to keep on chasing. It. And then I also think trends do change. Like in and although you say, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't follow the trends. I'm a trendsetter. But <laughs> but, That's what we're told to say. Yeah. <laughs> you still you know you get influenced from things and you do you do you know Pentons years ago were huge bigger everybody was big okay. big now it's gone small small like and you know you have to change a bit like you yeah it's true you can definitely see a change towards like little small cute tiny little pieces and yeah and that's that's grand in metal weight but it's, it's <laughs> trying to hold these tiny little pieces to yeah, file and things like that it really does but um, yeah well, well, I would say a lot of my ranges then would go from they would have the big piece in it and then the little mm. piece as well. The kind of aspirational big piece and then yeah. the, the, the influenced by pieces. And like we're both gadget freaks. Got so a gadget. You, you have 
a lovely workshop here like let's talk about the workshop for a bit like we're surrounded with really cool tools and do you think the equipment that you get influences some of your designs as well like oh yeah yeah very majorly um yeah like I'm I, I might buy uh, equipment or a piece of tool and it might get used for four or five years and then mm. suddenly a range will come around and it'll be because I have this oh yeah um like a doming set I had an oval doming set for years that Ooh. I never never looked at or went near and then just suddenly but that influenced that range in some yeah. ways yeah so it kind of does yeah I yeah I, I think like it's it'd be it'd be foolish to think that you can't use equipment for specific things like it, that they'll just like your your pieces with the puck welder like those it'll be very hard to think of other ways to make that in a way where yeah yeah and you have to say that like the puck did uh, influence the those ranges quite drastically but yeah yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, like it frees you up. It frees you up yeah. to use the materials in a way where it's it's a bit creative because yeah. you're taking the limitations of maybe soldering and things like that away, and you're you're able to yeah. join yeah. pieces. Yeah, and you can change. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And yeah, there's no heat on that, so you can do your texture beforehand. And yeah. Yeah, you're not disturbing too much of a finish. Yeah. yeah, that's really nice. You seem to get on really well with your stockists, and you have a long list. I think um, of like where you have a really good relationship with them. What do you put that down to? Like, that's a good one. Um, uh, I think it's just years of working with them, and you just get to know know them and trying to find some. A lot of it is because of showcase. You get to see them face to face, and there's that face to face kind of thing. You know, some of them I've been about since before I had my child, and I might have been pregnant, and you know, there's been a, a you know that kind of talk between you know that is sometimes a bit of personal with yeah. the business, and and they would ask, and you know, so it's just over years of that. I think like more than anything. So, so really, like over time, you're yeah. just building relationships. With them and like getting to know each other and uh, I went to see a stockist uh, last week and I've been supplying them for 15 years now and uh, over those times like I've grown up I've changed mm. a lot I, you know I've got married had kids in the meantime and they have too you know that the, they've changed hands to their the, the next generation has come along and they've had kids and so we've we have that kind of bond with it you know or and it's just been years of that you know and then some new ones that come along it's you just have to start asking <laughs> not two personal questions obviously no. just go at but yeah it's nice to have a bit of Panther, shall we say? And I suppose that's where the trade fair really comes in because yeah. you're able to have that face to face contact. And even if you have such a strong number of stockists, it's good to go back every year and keep meeting them all in one yeah, place. Yeah, or go visit, yeah, or or just pick up the phone as well. Yeah. It does help. Like sometimes I think doing everything over the internet and emails back and forward doesn't yeah. completely like picking up a phone and give them a ring even yeah. yeah I used to do that the odd time and like I'd stock somewhere and then within the first month and a half two months I would give them a call just a courtesy call to see how things were going see if they had any feedback things like that and 
most of them really loved it some of them just thought it was a bit unusual they hadn't come across that kind of thing so you know they're just used to kind of getting stock and putting it on a shelf and then leaving yeah. it there whereas I was always kind of taught from an early kind of um, part of my career was to just kind of you know yeah, engage with the customer and the wholesaler is a customer of, of sorts yeah and it's, it's it is hard and it's nerve wracking and I, I think it can be hard for the stockists too sometimes especially if your work maybe isn't selling or but to have that one to one conversation with them and it might be just a matter of you have to tweak something maybe mm-hmm. there's a certain range or something that's not in it it's fine we'll swap it out we'll work you know yeah. you have to work with them too um uh, yeah. That's it. You build a longer lasting relationship. If, if something's not working, you yeah. just decide, or maybe they need an extra point of sale yeah. item yeah. or yeah, something just, like a little blurb. Yeah. They all want a little blurb beside And then even even going down and visiting the shop or getting in there, and it, it might be their setup, or you know, or maybe they've something they could be using wrong chemicals, so things have got really dirty very quickly, mm. and you know, and it needs a clean and it needs a bit of education, and then talking to the sales staff or talking to the ones there yeah. and they can go in oh she was in and she, oh, she's this and you can give a bit of your background and then they know a wee bit about you to yeah. be able to pass on to their customers and, and, and it helps them sell you too that's it the sales staff are always hungry for stories yeah. to tell customers when they're they're stuck at that awkward moment of silence they can just say you know lives in the mountains and you know yeah up there in the mountains yeah or you know I, I, I it's everybody every maker has some story and we're, we're always told to kind of you know use it a little bit to uh, to help kind of give customers a better idea of where the pieces come from or mm-hmm. where where the design ideas are, are stemming from right we'd be foolish not to ask about Brexit prep um, have you done anything like we're in Northern Ireland now yay is it possible I don't think it is at this stage possible to do any prep on mm. and I I could have over the last two years spent an awful lot of money doing prep for something that is still unsure yeah. I'm still on denial is sure if it's going to happen or it's going to be a millennium thing where the <laughs> millennium computers are all going to explode yeah. and uh, parallel it universe <laughs> yeah um, so yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's tough to it's, prepare for something where you don't know what's going to happen yeah and I, you know I'm a sole trader I can't afford to put a lot of money into it. I'll deal with what I have to deal with at the time yeah I have I have looked at the um European or the the global trade whatever if it goes to no deal and stuff like that yeah. and on precious jewelry it's 2% okay so worst case scenario I'm going to have to charge or there's going to be a 2% levy on my stuff going out yeah I can cover that yeah so um, in the meantime you know so okay so you have done a bit of research down. yeah yeah so. no that's it I think I think for for something like that like it's it's tough to kind of figure out what's going to happen and as sole traders as like one man bands yeah. or one woman bands it's hard to kind of you can't you can't and you know and who do you ask because no one knows you know so yeah. what do you do like I do know it's how like how many circumstances can this be you know so one sentence can change everything yeah um, I do know it's the enterprise boards things like that run courses and things like that but, and I don't know like I don't see much 
I don't see much and I actually do though I do believe that there is a lot more happening in the south for it and help mm. that way so there's not a lot coming in the north that enterprise okay. boards aren't aren't doing that there isn't the same going due on due diligence kind of happening no because they're just I don't know everybody's head in the sand it's not going to happen yeah yeah um, frozen so like I do think there's a lot more happening down south which is yeah, disappointing it's not happening up here, but um, yeah. do I have the time for it either? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, how can you squeeze that in? It'll Just happen. Making. When it, when it happens, I'll deal with it. Yeah. It'll be fine. It will. Nope. No, I think I think I doubt you're the only person thinking along those lines and, mm. you know, people well, adapt. I think I think yeah, food and, and they have a lot more to worry about. Two percent is not is not going to to destroy me overnight. No. Um where ceramics and stuff have a different worry, but um I can yeah, I'll work around that. That's not okay. an issue. Okay. In an average piece of, of your work, like what kind of processes do you have to go through to get from kind of raw metal to your finished state? It's a tough uh, question. Yeah, it is difficult because that depends on the range. Yeah. <laughs> from from you know some of the processes, each each collection I have is a different process. Obviously, mm. like there's a different set, um, and yeah that can be uh, only a couple to quite a few um, I, I keep a book at my desk of each collection I have of what 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 I've done and what I've done this and where I've measured this from because um, I'll, most of my pieces uh, nearly all of my collections are unique in a way that you'll never get to the same even though there's they look all you know they are all the same but they're they're hand put together in some mm-hmm. form so they're not cast you know repetitively so you'll you, there's a, a hand element to every single piece so none of them will ever be identical in that way um so i have to keep records of yeah how did, how did i make that yeah because at this stage now you have quite a few collections yeah, so I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got a bit carried away uh yeah there's gonna be call in the new year um and that's difficult in itself even to do as a call because i have a collection that i absolutely love I love it but it doesn't sell as well as I would hope it to and I really don't want to get rid of it and okay. it's a real personal kind of and I, I was at a, a, a stockist there a few a few last week and uh, I was talking to her about it because they know themselves they're the jewelers themselves or have their own workshop and uh, they're like yeah there's some collections just like that and they're jewelers jewelering is how they described <laughs> it and I went oh that's right because they loved that collection and they'd bought it on themselves and it didn't sell well for them and she was like I don't know why because we love it but yeah. it just isn't sort of bend that is killing me and it's gonna yeah see I think now people will be wondering what it is Which and I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to know people want people buying it over yeah, Christmas exactly and that's the thing I don't I think a little bit of mystery is yeah, is a good thing spot the collection um, and there yeah like I, I will 
um, I will drop a few collections now coming into the new year and I do like yeah collections have to be they have yeah. to go otherwise it just gets well, too much otherwise like 20 years time when you want to do a retrospective you know you want oh, to bring yeah. back what a collection what are you going to have like you're going to just you can't keep 50 <laughs> collections going at the one time yeah you're, you could do with all that yeah cool. so if you're if you're culling collections do you bring in new ones into the fold are you still planning on yeah, bringing yeah. in new ones every year a new collection will come on okay. one, one one new collection a year as is the way that it's over Grown. the last few years or five years or so has has developed that I'll take on a collection and I'll cull a collection okay a few years ago I had a big cull so yeah but where I actually started out I don't know if you know this but um when I first started out um, straight out of uni I did a lot of resin jewellery and I trapped flowers in resin and had silver frames and stuff around them oh uh, looking back at it now you're like oh um, so <laughs> that range got cold quite quickly um, but yeah that like that's what I was known for for starting yeah. out and then I think though it's, it's important as a maker to keep little pieces like that keep pieces that you started with and keep them around just to show how far you've come because it's incredible to look back at the pieces that you started with and you know where you end up with because every day your skills are getting better you're you're learning new techniques you're doing things it's one of those industries where we do continual professional development CPD the whole time because we're always open to new techniques new processes new new crafts and skills and incorporations so yeah it's it's good to look back at yeah it's a bit cringeworthy sometimes oh definitely like you you don't want to meet somebody wearing one of the pieces. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> You're still wearing it. Really, I'll swap that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Trade it, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know it's like family members are the worst because they have the real early pieces yeah. and they still want to. My only saving grace on that is that I. I I was maybe five years in before I actually went under Jill Graham when I first started out I went under a business name called Jilla Design so uh, no one uh, really yeah I can recognize it's a separate entity complete that was a I don't know who that was yeah so yeah they they don't really I don't know why I did that I'm interested now like the process of of changing from one brand to to your name like like I underwent the same kind of process of changing from a brand to my name like you're putting your name on it you, you you're standing behind it you're putting yeah. like you're saying that it's, it's you, fine. You, yeah. yeah yeah I think it, it, yeah it has to be done and at the time at the start when I first started it, I didn't want that you know when I, I kind of went no no don't be jewelry it's too much da 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 and uh, I uh and then I came to the um, realization that it had to had to be that, and people didn't know how to say Chichilla. <laughs> what a silly name! It's like Chichilla. <laughs> it was just yeah, it was ridiculous. But anyway, you learn. Yeah, <laughs> you learn. Um, but even in that, um, like that name has gone through a few changes because it it was for a while. It was you know because I didn't want the jewellery at the end of it and you know you go do you do Jill Graham design or mm. do you do Jill Graham goldsmith and everybody thought you worked in gold then or um, and then I went Jill Graham contemporary jewellery and then it was just like too much 
too much for that, the search engine optimization. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> <well> contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a long word. Yes. So, yeah, um, in fairness, that's only been took off in the last maybe four years. So, yeah, we're happy with Jill Graham Joey. Yeah. Shorten it to just Jill. Jill. <laughs> just Jill. Just Jill. <laughs> that could work. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, you've kind of brought up the topic so of where you started. Like, so what was it like? Like when you went to school? Like, did you know early on that you wanted to work in jewelry? No. Nobody does. No. I don't. <laughs> what were you studying first? <laughs> I um, yeah, I knew I wanted to do art. I think it was the only thing I was good at at school. So and. In the north, instead of doing A levels, I went on to uh, tech and did art for two years solid. So it was like equivalent to three A levels in art, just two years. And uh, instead of a foundation, it brought in that. So I saved a year that I didn't have to oh. do a foundation because oh, I knew I was going to uni for. And then I knew I also never wanted to stay at home to go to university I just wanted to go across the water I wanted my freedom <laughs> it's like I'm going away <laughs> and uh, me, me and a, a friend at college at the time uh, decided that we we're both going across the water so we both organised our art, art interviews with a big massive portfolio and a rucksack and we did five in one week each and we travelled around England so we, we, we got on a boat and away we went and the, the portfolios fell apart as we got on the bus at the start it was like, oh, no. they're not designed for a lot of work especially massive sketchbooks so um, we did that and I actually applied for um, well I think I had four interviews and I applied for textiles Okay. I was massive into textiles at the time. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I interviewed in, in Cumbria and oh, Loughborough and I can't even remember the other two universities, to be honest. Now, anyway, but I, I applied and I actually got a place in every single university I applied for. Very um, good. Not unexpected. Well, I don't know. But anyway, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, and came back and I was like, yeah, I'm going to Cumbria. I love it there. And my lecturer's like, wait a minute, you've got a place in Loughborough? No, you have to go Loughborough. That's the uni. And I was like, well, I kind of like Cumbria. <laughs> And then I started on my final project before I had to accept my post. Um, I started playing with metal. Okay. And I made uh, like metal bags and stuff at the time. They're like, you're more 3D, you're more metal. You know, you really should be going that. Why don't you apply for jewellery? And I phoned Loughborough University and goes, well, I applied and I got accepted for textiles. Do you mind if I change that course to jewellery? And they're like, yeah, from our, your notes, yeah, let's go for it. And they, they swapped it over. Okay. So, yeah, I should be doing textiles, but it didn't. <laughs> Thank goodness I'd never got a job. Um, and yeah went off to Loughborough and after my first year uh, pretty much realised I wasn't going to learn any skills okay um, conceptual yeah gotta love that um, and I after the first year I uh, read a lot of letters to um, workshops that I knew that were in the north and I just said what I was doing and would they consider taking on someone blah 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 so I worked for a jeweller in uh, Derry London whatever 
Um, and yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I worked in the summertime for him for, a, I got 50 quid a week. And it cost me uh, 20 quid to get a friend to leave me down and collect me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got 30 pound a week. Um, and he, uh, he, he had a nickname for me that was either Slave Girl or uh, Jelly Babies. So yeah, very PC was my boss. Um, we'll not mention his name. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sued on the first episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll not go there. And um, yeah, got all the crappy jobs that you would do, um, which was fair enough, but learned loads. You're still doing all those crappy jobs. Yeah. You're just doing it for yourself now. Yeah. No, I don't have someone. I don't have a slave girl to do those, no. which would be great. Or a boy. I don't know. So yeah, you would have got like loads of platinum rings to polish from scratch and all fun stuff to do, um, yeah. but learned loads and was absolutely amazing experience so you learned all, all the core kind of hand making skills there would say yeah yeah pretty much the, the basics that you should learn at uni yeah. but we'll not go there um, and yeah did so did that in my summer times and then on holidays Christmas went in Christmas and did that and did silly things that probably cost him a lot of money to be honest okay. so you still continued on in love for it as well yeah okay. so this was only in my holidays time oh, okay. I did this right so yeah he was home for four months you're not a quitter time. you just I didn't pack just it in you just kept going keep on going yeah um, yeah and then I finished my degree and um kind of took a year or took a summer the year before my degree and didn't work for the goldsmith kind of had enough of them <laughs> I was like I'm not doing that anymore and decided to go to Dundee for some reason for the summer um, and tossed around and then came home and I think it takes a while I don't think you can go straight out of university and go yay let's go and I came home for a while and went oh I can't live with my parents anymore can't be doing this so I moved to Belfast with some friends and I um, had more of a student life that year than I probably did when I was a student. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Having first went to college and letter frack in Connemara, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, different words. So I, uh, yeah, but when I was in Belfast, we took a house, four of us in Belfast. I probably got more debt that year than I did as well when I was a student, but because you're working. <laughs> um, but I worked for a a craft organizer uh, it would have been like a craft gallery at the time it was privately owned but prior to that it hadn't been and a lot of the top makers in the country were supplying it at that stage it's since gone but um so i actually learned a lot of the the wholesale kind of end of it and mm. how you know just how to work with shops and that kind of part of it okay I suppose and that was just by fluke it just happened yeah. um, and then I pretty much hated it I'm just yeah don't do standing in a shop all day every day um, and I came back home and then pretty much then started started working yeah started doing fairs and building the business up that I did showcase for the first year got orders and yeah it kind of grew from there 
and then for a while I uh, I did it part time for a few years when I met my husband because I had to come up to Belfast and uh, rent a workshop on you know needed a bit more of a regular income coming in couldn't rely completely on the parents paying for all my food <laughs> um, and we were getting married and stuff like that so yeah did that and then stopped but still did national craft fair did the fairs and different but worked as in a school part-time at the same time um okay and then then yeah took the plunge about six years ago and went back full-time into it and probably even from then it's got a lot bigger and yeah a lot more sustainable that plunge of going full-time a lot of people have to make that because like starting out with a kind of creative um, a creative career you quite often have to depend on part-time jobs things yeah. like that to get you established um, and it can be a tough slog to kind of still keep your identity as a maker and it's very hard to make that plunge I think as well like I was too late doing it I should have done I should have done it I kind of regret not doing it three or four years before mm-hmm. you know not I was probably in the school for part-time for maybe four years but I should have stayed a year yeah and then just went back and I could do kind of a wee bit regret not doing that but um, yeah things are the way they are um, but it it does it's hard when you have that regular income to suddenly just go Yay. yeah yeah it's the regular income it's, it's it keeps you comfortable and it, yeah. comfort is probably not creative yeah you know because we we creatively kind of figure our ways out of financial yeah. <laughs> woes by just like coming up with new designs coming up with new ways of kind of finding a route to market and you know if you have a steady income coming in you quite often are just kind of happy to come back and sit on the couch and yeah, you know worry about that. regular worries yeah. well yeah there is that but um yeah and like you did like I yeah financially I made a lot of mistakes at the start too <laughs> like um so uh, there's that fear as well of getting back into that kind yeah. of you go just it's tough when you're starting out because there's so much expense and you're going oh but this order will come in this and reality has to hit in somewhere that you realise actually yeah nobody pays uh, on time yeah 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 <laughs> they really don't pay on time and um yeah that order didn't come in the next month that yeah. came in the, that month and yeah oh what am I going to do this month I spent all last month's money <laughs> I spent or it on Christmas <laughs> see all that money I made on Christmas I spent that in January <laughs> what do I do the rest of the year um, but yeah you learn and I don't think you ever stop learning like you learn every single day you adapt business. you change yeah. and businesses change and as you say even prior to this before you learn from other makers as well like I don't think I'll I'll ever stop learning what's new or what to do or you know and I don't want to like it's always about finding new things or and that's a good thing about you know talking to other makers and designers and and they might even be in your own discipline like yeah. you know I have a lot of very good friends that I've met over the years at the fairs and stuff like that that have 
you know had come to my wedding and you know yeah. they're they're good friends now yeah. I would say and it's lovely to have <laughs> it's that it's so easy to lose your 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 other friends because yeah. you're working so much that yeah. you have to make new friends in the trade they yeah. understand and because you're on your own like you know we, we used to you know you have you don't get a Christmas do because no. you're only working for yourself so you go out with all the other people that don't you know so there's like we'll go out for dinner and go yay this is our Christmas dinner I think I think that's February. a really important thing to like have a network of people in a similar situation to just kind of bounce ideas off or you know yeah. like I, I've had it myself where like people have kind of been not so nice like kind of uh, against certain things I was doing and people pulled me to the side and like told me to keep going and yeah. you know yeah yeah and to have that. that where you have that awful customer or experience or something's happened or something's went wrong and you can just pick up the phone to someone and go help <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do here you know there this has happened or you know I, I need 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 your advice of what and I uh, and just that talk with someone can yeah. can really help you know, things things aren't good okay I think like the whole idea of the podcast as well is that I'm in your workspace like and I'm I'm looking at it. it's a it's very pretty, clean workshop it's a pretty neat workshop like you've got certain stations set up like there's finishing over there soldering you know bench work station but like would you say you like things nice and neat and tidy in your workshop or does it look like that the present uh, nobody can really tell what I can see like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling them it's, it's not it's the cleanest tidy. it's really really not very clean at the minute um, I will take a stage with my workshop where I'll not be able to actually walk through the door <laughs> without having to like actually you know real health and safety conscious here well I, I having to trip over things or um, yeah step over boxes especially love, love Christmas for that and I'll go right it has to be cleaned and I'll take a day and I'll just wipe it and go rubbish see stuff I haven't used for 10 years it's going out it's going out and then about a week later it'll be back in the same state again yeah that's progress yeah that's what that is that's a sign that you're busy Um, yeah with the workshop like like we've we've touched on it we both like buying tools I think jewellers in general we like buying tools Um, yeah we're like kids in toy shops I know and they keep coming out with new ones (laughs) what's that about What, what piece of equipment if I was to run out with would you like murder me to take back like which what what do you feel obsessed with your puck puck. um yeah I had an obsession when I was at uni with a laser welder and the uh, goldsmith I worked on with had bone as well and Mm. I was for having a laser welder and Mm. uh it was it was on the path of that had to have one had to have one and uh, I just couldn't afford one (laughs) yeah for anybody that doesn't know like a puck welder costs about as much as a brand new car Um, or not a puck sorry Um, a laser welder a a puck much more affordable yeah Yeah, Um, but still pricey Um, yeah and like proper ah it's a proper working tool like they, they they do their job so well yeah um it's not a laser, but it's um, yeah. But I don't know. I you know I've worked with pucks for uh, about fifteen years now, and maybe more. And I uh, I don't think I'd want a laser now. You know, mm. I've, I've 
it, for what I do, it probably does it better. Not now, if someone wants to give me a laser nail, <laughs> I will take it. I'll take one too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have it. But um, yeah, and then oh, you've always got tools that you know you've. Right. Um, there's always that. That that's my saw. Don't touch it. Yeah, it's my saw. I think a saw is a really personal thing. Yeah, like you get you use it so much, and I like I teach students like five days a week and I constantly tell them that it's it's hard to make a piece of jewellery without a saw and it's it's the one thing you kind of need to always have near at hand but they're personal you get used to the weight of them the feel of them sometimes the break and you bodge it together in a little fix and it makes it yours mm. you still wouldn't replace it probably yeah no I and there's so many new ones coming out like aluminium ones titanium ones uh, yeah. and really like hard to beat just a regular steel saw <laughs> well yeah until I have a, a little draw, a drawer under my um, workshop uh, the bench pen and my workshop there and uh, it keeps I keep stuff in it jewellery just spare silver and bits and pieces mm. don't know what I was doing one day but the saw ended up in it did I I searched the workshop <gasps> no. for the day oh, going, no. I was using it earlier <laughs> Where is it? And the whole place pulled apart. And then five hours later, opened the door. There it was. You're like, oh, it's just, yeah. that's just, ah. I, I, I've yeah. done something similar for a square. I have a lovely little brass square that I got when I was making furniture. And it's the cutest little thing. It's really small. It's mm. perfect scale for jewellery. I think the ones that we use in jewellery are actually quite big. This one is, is like a third the size of mm. the regular kind of jewellery ones. And it's just perfect. But anybody comes to my bench and borrows that and they'll lose a finger. Hell to be paid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's stuff in. It's when you leave something down and you go, I had it a minute ago. <laughs> and then you spend the rest of the day trying to find that piece. And you're like, oh. Yeah, and it's probably right in front of you just yeah. camouflaged yeah. with a plier on top yeah. or something you put a piece of paper over the top of it yeah you're all in that and any processes you're still looking to explore like is there any any area you still haven't had time to explore I'm always looking to explore things I don't think I'm 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 did some courses last year I want to up my uh, skill level and stone the setting and different things so I uh, went over to a brilliant um I don't know how you would describe them um setup let's say that uh, in Glasgow last okay. year uh, Finalink oh yes them in there yeah who Scott who is absolutely amazing and very cool dude um, very cool I've often seen his stuff yeah. on Instagram and yeah. things like that he's his, bad as his little tips and his rants he yeah. has the odd little rant which yeah. is good yeah we can all appreciate those yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant and do you know what it was really lovely just if I'm in the workshop you kind of get bogged down by the work you have to do mm. do you know and stuff that oh I really need it and it's not you know you could play but it's not very financially um, <laughs> you pay the bills to play every day so it's nice yeah. to get to another bench and have two Just days where your head's in another space and you get to play yeah um, and I w- would love to do a bit more of that just because 
Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. And so it I is. don't know, there's always new processes. There's so many more. And you, you use texture a lot in your work as well. Yeah. And it's 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 almost like a voyage of discovery where you're just constantly yeah. trying new things. And it can be from other industries as well and other, other ways. You just never know when you're going to come across something that will spark a new collection. Yeah, that's like true. Your, like your, that's very true. Your ovals. Yeah. Okay. Um, question I want to ask is, where do you see yourself in retirement? What do you see yourself doing for retirement? retirement? Does anybody ever retire when they're... <laughs> I, yeah, no. That's what my husband says to me. What, what are you doing? You I, mean, I don't ever intend to retire. Why would I want to retire? Um, Why wouldn't you want to retire? No, it's... it's Enjoy your job it's that much? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, some people like to say it's your hobby, but it's not my hobby. Let's not go down no, that route. No, let's not call it a hobby. No. It's more an obsession. I really don't like people telling that. But uh, no, I, I can't ever see myself, unless I physically am not able to mm. make, I sit at the bench and make, yeah. then I'll be there. Okay. There'll always be a bench wherever you move. Yeah, yeah, to my husband's head. Um, yeah, yeah, there'll always be, you know, there'll be a bench somewhere. I'd yeah. Say. You can't beat the benches, they're kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Little potted plant on it while you're not using it as much. Yeah, no, I'm a potted plant still now, I know. I just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Jill, I think that's it. I think we'll wrap up there. Um, thank you for being the very first guest on the podcast those who make and um, yeah it's been a pleasure visiting your workshop it's a really nice space I just wish I had one just as nice no I'm talking about that oh no it's good but thanks a lot Paul yeah thanks for having me If you've lasted right through the podcast, thank you. I had huge fun recording it and would like to thank Jill once again for taking part. Check out Jill's work on Facebook and Instagram or jillgraham.co.uk. And to see some videos and snapshots from Jill's workshop that I took, go to my Instagram at paulcoin. And I hope you subscribe to get the next episode due out in a month's time. Bye.